Hey guys, Cody here for the Profit Roadmap. Hey, just wanted to give you guys a quick heads up since this episode gets into some subject matter that's a little bit beyond what we usually talk about on the Profit Roadmap. Uh, we're talking to Conley Ibsen about a very uh, personal story, uh, some discussion of self-harm uh, and depression. And so just in case you don't want to hear a story that deals with those things. Just wanted to give you a heads up up top. It's not super graphic or anything, but we feel like Conley's story is one that's very important to tell. And Bear and I wanted to make sure that we got it out there for any business owners that needed to hear it. All right, guys, without any uh, further ado, go ahead and give this episode that we recorded at SA4 a listen. Uh, this is the Profit Roadmap. I'm Barry Duplessis alongside Cody Owen, as always. And this is a uh, marathon this podcasting is, recording session. It really is. We've been we've been uh, talking. We've had the great privilege of talking to a lot of our members, jo- um, sharing a lot of journey uh, member journeys, and uh, we've got another one here that's uh, got a very interesting take on on where he's come from and where he's going and where he's at now. And it's, it's, it's really fantastic. So without further ado, we've got Conley Ibsen of Ready, Set, Mo uh, out of Utah. And uh, Conley, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks for having me out. I, I appreciate the uh, opportunity to chat and share my story. So, so one, of the, uh, one of the great things uh, that we were talking about yesterday and a little bit today was the fact that uh, you, um, you started uh, using Service Autopilot uh, just a couple of years ago, um, and you've been in business for six years. Um, but uh, you have started. You started, you know, where people would logically assume to start with service auto. Probably start with the startup package. So you're, you know, you're just a guy on a truck by yourself, and now you're getting ready to make that next leap in your business. So now you're going over to pro. Uh, tell us a little bit about when you started six years ago without software then startup and where you're looking to go now. So I, uh, I, I, won't, I don't want to take a ton of time, right? Cause obviously you guys are running the marathon here. You do as um, much as you want. <laughs> you, uh, I didn't fully tell you the whole story yesterday. I actually started with the pro thinking that I was just going to dive right in, utilize the service autopilot to its fullest potential, grow the business, do a whole bunch of things. I had a lot of really awesome plans and ideas, right? A, about nine months later, I realized that I'm not using anything other than the invoicing, scheduling, and you know, customer input. Basically, like the client page, the dispatch board, and invoicing. I'm not using anything else. So I'm paying what I, you know, obviously, we'll discuss a little bit in a minute of the, how that's how I'm wrong, right? But like in my mind, I was wasting money by paying for things that I wasn't using. So I dropped down to the startup package and I've just been running the startup package basically since then. So I know the potential of the pro, which is why I'm actually going to be rolling into the pro again and utilizing the marketing, uh, not even necessarily for marketing, but just to be able to send notifications more than anything. Email blasting. We talked about email blasting. Exactly. Like if, if there's a rain delay or something comes up on the schedule or, you know, whatever, I can just send a blast to everybody and just says, you know, Hey, look, we're two days behind because we had a crazy, you know, crazy rainstorm or whatever. Right. And then I can just having, just having it be that easy versus needing to call 60, 70 people, 120 people, 300 people, you know, obviously four people is easier to call. But once you get to a point where you're like, 
there's not enough time in the day to have five minute conversations with 40, 50 people. Just send them an email blast is like, that's worth, that's worth several hundred dollars in my opinion. But, um, so yeah, so I, I, I started with pro went back to the startup because I wasn't utilizing what I should have and, you know, kind of see the error in that, in that now, but <laughs> so fast forward a couple of years, you're ready to take the next step here. So let's talk about now that the fact that you're, you're, you're embracing a lot of more of this, this is your first conference. Right. Um, and, uh, so talk to us a little bit about some of the things that you've, that you've latched onto from some of our speakers that's going to help you as you take this next step with your business. Um, it's actually really cool being here. I've over the last few years, I've done a lot of, um, internal self-development type, you know, trying to restructure who I am as a person. Um, I've actually, I've, I've actually done a podcast interview with another guy that does like a lawn care business centric podcast. I shared the my story on there. Sweet. <laughs> well, he's, he doesn't, he's not a, he, oh, he doesn't just... have a software. So can I shout him out? It's uh Julio Tomain with the lawn care business uh, success podcast. Cool. He's based in Canada. Anyway, um, Canadians. I was on, we love Canadians. I was on his podcast about a year ago and I shared my story. Um, it's been about two, almost two and a half years now that I was actually like beyond the point of return as far as how I saw things mentally. Like I was shut down. I hated my wife. I hated my kid. I hated who I was as a person. I hated everything about the business that I was running and, you know, trying to grow. But I, why are you trying to grow something if you hate it? Like I, I was miserable. I, I got to the point, um, the, uh, the bank called, called my note on my truck and they repossessed my truck. And it was at that moment where I just went into my, went in, went into my kid's room at, uh, two o'clock in the morning and I was just going to give him a hug and a kiss and tell him goodbye. Like I was going to head out to the garage and blow my brains out. Um, I still get emotional about it because there's a lot of guys that have experiences like this guys, girls, whatever. There's a lot of people that have experiences like this and they, they feel like they're alone and you know, like you're not right. Like my struggle was the hardest thing that I've ever gone through. But to somebody else, it's like, really, guy? Like, you're, you're upset because of, you know, your business in your mind is, you know, is not succeeding where you, where you want it to be after the amount of time you spent in it, right? So you want to go die? You know, like, perspectively, I'm quite fortunate. But it was still one of the hardest things that I've ever gone through. And so because of that, I really focused a lot on, um, you know, like I said, growing as a person who I am. You know, I need to be the person that can... I need to be able to run a successful business before I can run a successful business. I need to be the person that's worthy of, you know, a good, a good business image before I actually try to push a good business image. Right. So I've done a lot of internal searching before I've kind of decided to go and do, you know, more of like the, okay, cool. So now I'm at the business side of the conference where, you know, before I've just done you know, more like coaching mentorship programs with like one-on-one type things before. So I need a foundation. Exactly. Exactly. Kind of went on a little bit of a tangent there, but basically, you know, I I don't know. I have no idea who said it, but basically you don't build the Eiffel tower on the foundation of like of a home, right? You build a big, huge, strong footing. You pour, you, you, you put a lot of effort into being able to sustain and hold up the Eiffel tower versus, 
you know, a house, right? So I've basically been building that foundation to be able to like grow into the type of person that I feel like I have the potential to be. I don't know, in a roundabout way, I don't know if that answers your question or not really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can, can I ask, and if it's too personal, we can, we can cut it out. Uh, what, what changed your mind that night? Um, keep it in, man. It's, it's, it's real. Um, my, he's, he's five years old now. He was, uh, he was three at the time. Right. And I, I just, he's asleep. So I can't really look at his eyes, but you just look in the face of just, you know, an innocent little kid, right. That he's my, he's my kid. He didn't do anything wrong for me to have the, the feelings either against him or toward him. Like, he didn't do anything wrong for me to have those feelings against myself. And I realized it's, uh, it, it, it wasn't fair for me to kind of put that on him and then expect him to understand at three that, you know, he doesn't have a dad anymore. Because, you know, because his dad just was weak. And it's not, you know, it wasn't his fault. It's not his fault. So, I blame my kid (laughs) (laughs) that I'm still here, right? Like, I'm, I'm, obviously, I'm I'm thrilled that he's my kid. I couldn't be luckier to have, what's his name He's a fun kid. Cash. Yeah, he's a, he's a blast, dude. He's, he's hilarious and just, you know, kind of now retrospect thinking back like how on earth could I have ever possibly have been in that position where you know so I'm it was it was my kid just looking at him and realizing you know like he he knows nothing of success or failure or anything he just and he knows, doesn't care he just knows that daddy's there and daddy loves him yeah right and even if I'm even if I come home and I'm grumpy or whatever he doesn't he doesn't care you know, he's still excited when he hears the garage door open. He's he runs to the door and he's excited to see his dad. And I, embarrassingly enough, I was I was ready to walk away from that. But I just, you know, whatever whatever divine intervention, whatever anybody believes in, you know, I'm still here for a reason. And if that, reason is sim- if that reason is simply just to share the story and help anybody that may be listening and struggling, you know, like. Yeah, if you're if you're a business owner that's listening and you're you're struggling in the same way that that Conley was uh, n- take from his story that there is there's hope on the other side of that. We'll have some resources in in the show notes. Uh Psychology Today has an excellent tool that can help you find uh, a therapist if you need somebody to talk to. And that's not a, a sign of weakness or anything like that. Like it, it's admitting that you need help. And, and sometimes that's, that's where all of us find ourselves. Uh, and then we'll also have the, the phone number there for the, uh, the suicide prevention hotline. Just if you're, in, if you're in this position, I know that it looks like there's not a way out. And especially when you're an entrepreneur, if you're a solopreneur, you're all alone. It's real easy to get into that feedback loop of like, this is how my life is always going to be. And I can't take this anymore. And you end up doing like thinking that what you were talking about, about like resenting your own son, like, and looking back on it now, you're like, I don't, why? Like he yeah, didn't who, do anything. Who, who the hell was that guy? 
you yeah. know? So and there's hope. There is. And this isn't, this isn't, obviously this isn't a place to be on a pedestal or a soapbox or anything. Right. But like I was down and out, right? Like my truck was repossessed. I had, I had nothing. I had negative rock, money. rock bottom, like, you know, like, I mean, I, right. There's plenty of, there's plenty of people that have that deal with financial stress. That's obviously one of the biggest issues in, in the country really that, that we deal with is financial stress. But most of us have all been there at some point. It, in I mean, some it, form it, or we, we either have or we will be, right? And so, you know, being being that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a solo, uh, solopreneur, right? I, I I run and operate my lawn business, hundred percent alone right now. Um, I have basically since I started. I haven't have I haven't really had any employees. There was one instance that lasted a couple of months was all. But, um, you know, going from having a truck repossessed because obviously you're not making the payments, right? to, you know, like struggling financially with, I can't pay for groceries right now. And we got to find out a way to, you know, cut expenses this, this way, that way, whatever. Right. To now this year, um, you know, my, my, my worst full month of, of service that I invoiced for was over $11,000. Now that's gross, right? Don't, but running, running solo with, you know, fairly minimal expenses, Two years ago, I was it was it, it was in September, still in the height of height of the seasons, right? And I so had, your worst month was eleven thousand gross. Th- this in two thousand seventeen, yeah, my worst month was eleven thousand, um, and that's not at all to put myself on this soapbox because there's, I mean, out of four or five hundred guys, co- companies, gals that are that are here, right? Like there are guys that are doing that in a day, right? So like that's not at all to put me on a on a you know oh look at me I'm so successful right? But like. All I did was change my mindset from, you know, being a victim per se, feeling like, you know, kind of the, the poor me, I'm the one that's suffering, I'm the one that's dealing with these issues, to kind of opening it up and realizing that, like, you know, it's, it's not uncommon to have these thoughts, these, these struggles, these, you know, there's a lot of people that don't have $1,000 in their savings account right now, you know, like, thousand dollars more than half of the more than half of the country doesn't have a thousand dollars to their name right like as soon as I realized that that was where I was like I I have to change this this isn't going to be something my customers don't give a shit sorry crap my my customers my customers (laughs) we're not regulated by the FCC (laughs) boom drop it right my customers (laughs) don't care if I've got if I've got you know a, a money in the bank to pay for an engine if something goes wrong they don't care nobody cares nobody's gonna you know oh crap my my truck got repossessed i can't come mow your lawn okay we'll find somebody else they're not gonna oh well let me just pay you more money let me give you a new truck no one's no one cares no one's gonna come and rescue you no one's gonna come and rescue me right like you have to be the one to do it and so that was where i kind of like took the step back and realized okay i was fortunate enough that i had my son that just there was just that emotional connection that I couldn't walk away from, right? And because of that, I realized that I'm the one with the problem. This isn't the bank's fault. This isn't, you know, this isn't my wife's fault. This isn't my kid's fault. This is my fault. So how do you know, like, how do you fix something that you create? It doesn't get fixed if you rely on somebody else to fix it. You have to fix it. And so I just took the time and it, I mean, it's been two years. It's been a, it's been a long journey for me to go from where I was to, to where I, you know, to where I am, where I feel like I'm, I'm of the mindset now, uh, you know, personally that I can make the step toward, you know, running a business with 
kind of creating a business mindset where the business will essentially kind of do its own thing separate from how I do things. But still, I feel like I'm it's like, you know, maybe it's a little bit above and beyond of like the, 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 the conversation that a lot of people think with business, but you know, they're going to run where I'm, I'm my own person and my company is its own company. Like we're, we're going to be separate. And I, I feel like I have a lot more of a foundation to stand on and build that upon versus from where I was before where I was, I was standing on ashes, right? Like that's not going to hold up anything. That, that happens to a lot of solopreneurs where you're, I mean, and really any entrepreneur, like your identity gets tied to the business and it's like, it's a big mark of growth to even be able to identify, like, I need to separate myself from the company. Like if something goes wrong in the company and we screw up in some way, it's not like, it's not a personal failure and it's not like separating it from like, my life is failing and my company is failing. Like they're two different things. Right. Well, you had a beautiful example of that this year. Well, you, were, you and I were talking during a testimonial about this part specifically. While it was, certainly wasn't on the same level of what you dealt with a few years ago, but uh, you had a family emergency come up this year. And so you had to walk away from the company, but you still had to get some stuff done. So you were able to bring somebody on and, and help get through that. You know, and you know, uh, you, it, was, uh, it was your father-in-law, right, that moved in. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and so you were able to still separate even though you're a one man show, you were able to still separate Conley Ipsen from Ready Set Mo and take care of that. I was, I mean, it was unexpected, right, to, to be able to kind of have have the ability. I was I was planning this year to bring on my first, you know, full time employee, and obviously, like I mentioned just a little bit ago, that didn't work out. He's he's no longer with me. Um, but during the during the time. I was training him to basically be, you know, a foreman that he would take care of all of the the day to day mowing operations for me, mowing, trimming, you know, all that all that fun stuff. Um, first weekend of June, my father in law um, was diagnosed with a glioblastoma, which is a very very aggressive uh, brain tumor, cancerous tumor. That um, they do tumors on grades. It was a grade four, which is the worst kind. Um, Long story short, the uh, tumor the, the tumor is 100% terminal. There's no there's no cure. There's nothing. He he died six weeks later, um, July middle of July he passed away. And um, you know I I was able to step away from from the business entirely and just be there for my wife and you know my family right and still letting the company kind of do its own thing by having having that help. You know, the great thing, obviously, like, you know, hey, this is not to be like a plug for Service Autopilot or just randomly, but the fact that I was able to, you know, dispatch through Service Autopilot, give him the tablet and just say, here's the route, go do it. You know, he had everything in front of him. He was able to see job notes, gate codes, everything. Hey, he didn't need to call me. He didn't need to bother me. He didn't want to, right? And so, like, it made it just so that he was able to go out, do his thing. I was able to be home, do my thing, plan for a funeral unexpectedly, you know. Um, and just, right. Cause like life, life happens and then it doesn't happen and then it happens and then it doesn't. Right. So like, had I, had I not had the ability to, you know, cause I've always just done things off, you know, through my memory, solo operator. I don't need to, I don't need to have a route. 
I don't need to have a dispatch board where I've got a, you know, GPS map locations. I've never really thought like, what does that matter? You know where all the clients are. I know them by name. I know, you know, like I know their dogs by name. So it's like, yeah, why do, why do I need to know what their gate code is on a, on a tablet? Because I, you know, like I already know what their gate code is by heart. Right. But the way that, the the way that, the way that timing (laughs) happened, right. Like, I mean, in six weeks was, was, you know, I'm, we're grateful to have that six weeks with him, but six weeks wasn't nearly enough time to be able to do the things that we wanted to do with him. And, you know, we didn't know for sure how long he had, right. Like, I wouldn't have thought for a second that I had, okay, correct, crap, he's, he has a brain tumor, he's going to die in my house, I need to find a way to plan the business so that the business can go and operate so that when he dies, I can be home. Like, it just, it just happened, you know, where the doctor says, you know, anywhere from one to three years, well, six weeks later, he's, you know, he, he'd passed away. Um, with a diagnosis, you know, I mean, I could go on for hours with this crap, but with a diagnosis, the doctor said he can't be on his own, he has to have full-time care. Right. And so he started telling my wife options, you know, well, there's assisted living homes. And my wife was like, no, he's he's coming home with me. You know, he's coming home with us. There's no there's no question that, you know, and then later she's like, oh, she calls me. She's like, honey, I forgot to mention <laughs> we're going to have a new roommate. Right. And I was like, <laughs> uh, like, OK, cool. Where do we, you know, like, wh- wh- what do I need to do? What do I need to move things? You know, and um, yeah, just just it's just. It's weird. It's weird, you know, because obviously, like, that's, that was never part of the plan. You know, the plan was that I'd hire a guy, I'd train him how to, how to run the, the, you know, the mowing side of things, and I'd, I'd send him out with another, with another guy either later this year or, or first part of next year, and he'd go and he'd take care of the mowing. You know, um, like I said, he's, he's not with me, so I'd, I couldn't have expected that, right? My father-in-law passed away this year. We could have never expected that. He was, you know, he was only 50 years old which depending on how old you are, you know, listening 50 might be like, damn, that's old. Right. But I mean, that's not, that's not old at all. Today's actually, I turned 29 today. So happy birthday me. Oh, um, happy birthday. <laughs> Fantastic. Yo, yeah. Thanks. No, thanks. Thanks. Appreciate that one. No, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's like, like I'm already more than halfway to 50, you know, like that's young and just all the things that he wanted to do that he never got a chance to do, you know, and, so it's it's and it kind of put me in a different place than where I ever thought that I'd be, you know. And and the fact that I see myself like intentionally stepping away from the business a lot more now than I than I ever really would have. And having having you know service autopilot as as a means to do that, where you know you can automate emails to go out automatically with you know hey, it's time to start aerating. Give us a call or whatever. Click here to schedule aeration or sprinkler shutdowns, startups, you know, I can market without actually needing to even do much of anything, take any, any time really to do it a couple hours to set it up and then I can just go out and do it. Right. Same with dispatching the routes, like two, three clicks and I've got the entire week scheduled and dispatched and done. Right. And then if anybody calls or makes a change, just, you know, a couple of real quick, simple clicks, either on the phone or tablet or computer, right? It just, it's, it's just kind of interesting how as, as life happens, as these, as these things take place, you kind of realize what's actually important. And, you know, I mean, let's face it, sitting down at a computer or whatever at the, at the dinner table with a yellow pad, legal pad to write down 
customer names and addresses and everything for, I mean, even if you have 20 customers, that's going to take you a long ass time to do that and try to send it to a friend to just be like, Hey, look, I had a death in the family. I need my lawns mode. You know, like you don't want to take the time to do that if, and when anything happens. So what is your, in, in separating yourself from, from the field, what's your plan to get off the truck so that bear and I can harass you about it and make sure it happens? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, after, and there's still, you know, there's still a couple of guys that I want to, that I want to catch and listen to that are, uh, but Jonathan Potoshnik just had a, a pretty good, pretty good talk about, um, you know, basically like finding the way to kind of push yourself out of the, the job, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm, I say, You're, I say often enough that I don't, I don't own a business right now. I own a job. Right. So like if I don't show up to mow your lawn, I don't, we, we don't make money, right? The company doesn't make money. I don't bring any income in because it's just me. Right. So like, I mean, obviously there's a lot of plans and hopes and, and ideas and dreams. Right. But, um, I mean, ultimately it's just finding the right, the right employee that, that you can come in, have, have come in and, and take that over, which everybody has that struggle. Everybody, everybody in business is going to have issues with employees, you know? And so, um, one of the things that, that Jonathan had mentioned was, you know, hiring and training more or less before they're needed so that, you know, so that they're already ready to roll because, you know, basically come March, middle of March, first, first, first part of April is when everybody really gets real busy. So you try to hire first week of April, then you got to try to train and go through the hassle of all that stuff where, you know, you're not going to have anybody trained and ready to roll till middle of May if you're lucky. Right. So kind of going into February and start hiring for February, right? Well, we don't have any income. We don't have any money generating. Cool. So take your time to train the guy, get him so that he's comfortable with the, the equipment, the, the software, with whatever, whatever his position, whatever her position is in the company, you know, get them comfortable so that when, you know, April 1st hits or, you know, whenever your season starts, like when shit hits the fan, they've got an umbrella, Right, because right now you throw you throw them in you throw them in and they're just they're just getting covered in shit and they they get pissed at you and pretty <laughs> pretty quickly. And if if anybody out there that is a lawn service guy, you're you're a technician and you do all the trimming and you know that you hit a fresh ty- a fresh pile of dog shit in somebody's backyard, the way that that sprays your face. <laughs> oh man! I've got a picture. I've got like a quarter size dog shit right on my lip. Oh gross! I'm, I'm not, it's disgusting, right? <laughs> But let's say you're right. Like for the for the sake of you know turning of a phrase, when shit hits the fan, your employees aren't gonna just bounce. When shit hits the edger. Yeah, yeah. When shit hits you, hits, exactly, exactly. So more, more or less, just kind of trying, so trying to prepare. You're gonna start and like, hiring people in February. Yeah, yeah. Before Fantastic. I need them. Before I need them. Great. Right. And like that's awesome. You know, I, I, hey, I know where you live on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm kind of obnoxious on there actually, but you know. Yeah, you haven't been any trouble to me. Yeah, no, no worries there. And I'm Cody, in the members group. Cody's gonna, Cody's definitely gonna get on you for that. And uh, how about it, man? So we're hold, yeah. hold, hold. okay. So if so any, okay. So let's go. Let's make this official. The profit roadmap will check in with Conley. We'll get you on Skype. Do it. Fantastic. Yeah, do it. Fantastic. I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to even share. You know, an update of where things are. And you know, I mean, didn't expect this to be almost a 30 minute little session, but you know, I, I like to talk. So. We can chat and figure out where things are and obviously other things that I've implemented between now and then, you know, that gives me three and a half, four months to, to start putting things into motion, different marketing pieces where, 
you know, one thing that'll make it a lot easier to, by the way, to like to to make that decision to hire somebody, is to market, and basically leave me with absolutely no choice, right? There set it up so that there's instead of instead of doing a hundred lawns a week alone, I set it up so that there's a hundred and sixty people that want their lawn mowed, right? I'm not doing that alone. That's physically impossible for me to do that alone. So that will. And that's that tension there's, in the service industry, right? Between marketing and hiring, mm-hmm. because like you're gonna, you're either gonna outsell what your labor can do, and you got to get more people, or you've got like too much labor, and they're standing around, so you have to sell more. And so it's just like that tug of war goes on forever, right? Right. It, so I mean, sell it, build build up the SEO, build up the marketplace right now to just, you know, as soon as as soon as that busy time hits, there's gonna be 160, 170 people signed up instead of 100, and you know. I'll be I'll be backed into that corner. I won't have a choice. I have to have an employee, and so you know, kind of kind of pushing myself to that point where it, it'll make it it'll make it a lot easier to make the decision to hire somebody in February versus you know April. <laughs> the music in this episode of the Profit Road Mac was Riptide and Summon the Rock by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. If you want to check out Kevin's music, it's some good stuff. Incompetech.com.